Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Did you know that 98% of people say that they would attend church if invited by a friend, yet only 2% of churchgoers say they're actively inviting? Reach was started to change this stat to give people a better way to invite. Reach equips congregations to invite friends in a powerful and scalable way. For every check-in on Facebook and tag on Instagram, a donation is made to a kingdom-building cause. More people hear about church from their friends and more good is done around the world. It's that simple. Reach is offering a special promotion for Church Planner Podcast listeners. Get your first month free. To get started, just visit causely.com forward slash reach and sign up using the promo code podcast. <laughs> oh, Church Planner, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, or as Peyton called it in our interview, Church Planting Podcast. Well, it goes both ways. It does. It does. We actually have a, a, a phenomenal interview coming up for you uh, in this show. And we're going to do a little crossover episode. And we're going to actually uh, put that on hardcore church planning as well, because it was such a, uh, a great, great interview. I mean, it was such a cool strategy. Had to do with Reach, Cosley.com, Reach, that whole commercial you just heard has to do with them. Once we actually uh, interviewed them, we were like, wow, man, there's a lot more to this than what we thought. It's kind of cool. We were actually like, we got to redo their commercial because they're way cooler (laughs) than they sound on that ad. We were like, we got to redo it. And I think we need to have this going in uh, our church that neither one of us are planting right now. So, And, And wait a second, right? Like not only that. But wouldn't you know the first time we actually get an ad like in the can pre-recorded, we just got to go redo it. <laughs> I know, right? That's why we don't do these things. I know. But uh, so basically we get to do a little bit of smack talk before we get into that that interview. And for my smack talk, I got to start it off, man. Okay. I saw a movie this past, I guess it was Sunday. One of the best movies I've seen. What? Yeah, it was. It I, was. I know. Wait, I know the movie. Wait, ah, oh, now I can't remember the title of it. Hold on, I gotta look it up. Uh, I know the one you're talking about. Somebody, somebody. Al, I think it was the one Alan Hirsch said that he couldn't stop crying after he saw it. Was it that one? Um, I did cry in this movie, yeah, and by cry, it was the same. Thing. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> A karate man. We so need that clip. Karate man, well, don't bruise on the outside. You bruise on the inside, so you you can't see that. Your job is to get me the sound bites. It's what I do. I still need Doc Brown. We need to ask Barry if he's got Doc Brown because I don't have Doc Brown. 
If hey. you guys want to send us sound bites, you can. And not only that, uh, leave us a review. If you've never left us a review, leave us a five-star review. Yeah, if you're going to leave a one-star or a two-star, I'm going to hunt you down online and oh, you don't want to mercilessly uh, make you feel just like I do when you give me a two-star review. Hell hath no fury like Pete Mitchell when I'm you just gonna say, a one-star review. When you treat unto Pete, he's going to treat you that way back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That doesn't yep. sound like the Bible. Wait a second. Did I mess that up? <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember uh, having a conversation with you early on about we'll work with all these guys, you know, church planning, this and that. And if they cross us, we'll crush them. <laughs> <laughs> we said that about so many other people who sell to the church planner market. That's all right. I'll crush them. <laughs> yeah, that was our little private joke to ourselves whenever somebody uh, would uh, be less than nice. In the world of church planning. And, you know, that did happen. So here's the movie. The movie is called Wind River. Yep, that was the one. It made Pete cry. It's that good. Do you you even know anything about it? Have you seen a trailer? I watched the trailer. Oh, did you? Okay. And it it looks like you're horrified, you're scared. It doesn't look like it's going to make you cry. You are making that up. You didn't see the trailer, No, I swear to you. Alan Hurst said he couldn't talk to his wife for ages. Because, hey, me and like thousands of others are friends with Alan on Facebook. You know, it's like he shares these things with us. And he said he he couldn't talk for like an hour afterwards. He was moved. Are you serious? I swear to you. Maybe he saw something else and like thought he was seeing Wind Wind River. Wind what? (laughs) Wind Ruffer? (laughs) I I don't know. It just, it came out. I, I didn't... I didn't. I see that kind of steals all my thunder. I didn't know. I thought I was like the lone okay. guy out there who saw the movie. Okay. okay. So no, Alan is is artsy like you. It's not art. It's not an artsy movie. I'm not uh, artsy that, that at was, all. That when was it comes a joke. To movie. Okay. But Alan does go to Burning Man Festival. Al- Alan's a friend. I deeply respect Alan. So, uh, but there was a guy who ran into Alan. Or he didn't run into Alan. He ran into the fire at Burning Man and killed himself. Yeah. That just happened. Yeah. How many I, L's could have run Alan into have? Alan on his way to the fire? I shouldn't joke about such things. Does Alan have two L's or one? One. One. There it is. It's European. It's like Australian. See, now I'm, all, I'm cyber stalking him. I'm like, I, I got to see what movie was he talking about. I swear about? to you, because I looked it up and watched your trailer. I'm like, that sounds really good. Well, here's and the reason I why I got to watch it. Here, here's I'm the like, reason why I got me. It's the that same looks like misery. It's the same writer. It has nothing. It's nothing like misery. It's the same writer as Sicario, which is one of the best that's movies right. ever made, which um, I've never seen. Uh, that's rated R, so don't see it, Church Planner. <laughs> Way too holy to it's, see that. There's there's so much. The reason why I like Sicario, for those of you who've seen it, you know the scene I'm about to talk about. It is just like the movie Heat. Remember in the movie Heat. When they yeah. come out of the bank and it's just like the fire. It's, it's the okay corral of the new millennium. Right. Like that's, that's that scene Ooh. in heat. Sicario has the same type of scene when they're trying to cross the border from Mexico back to the U.S. All the, the Delta Force guys get out of the car because the cartel is trying to kill him. And it's just like the coolest gunfire scene ever. And uh, and then it's the same writer who also did Come Hell or High Water, another phenomenal movie with another like crazy. Oh, I so want to see that. Oh, it's great, right? It's great. Same writer. So as soon as I saw it, it was the guy who wrote both of those movies. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna go see this. So, so Hell or High Water, right? Like that looks so much like No Country for Old Men. Yes. Have you ever yes. have you ever seen that? Yeah, but better. It's better. I read the book, man, because I'm I'm a fan of that dude. He wrote The Road. He he wrote that. He wrote he wrote another one. They should really turn. The road. They should really turn that into a book. Yeah. So <laughs> so No Country for Old Men. <laughs> That's funny. No yeah. Country for Old Men. The whole thing. Like this is why I always tell people if if they don't read books and Watch only movies. see films, they miss out on the God stuff no. that's in these books. No. Well, I know you can you can listen to Audible, and it's the same. You'll get it. You'll get <laughs> no, the information. No, I'm just saying you can still get the God stuff. You don't have to read the book. Hey, hey No Country for Old Men you know, does not have the God stuff in it. 
in the movie. Oh, well, in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. In the book, the, the, the same with like Stephen King's Dreamcatcher. Um, you know, you watch it in the, at the end, the, uh, uh, spoiler alert here, but the, the kid who has special needs turns out to be a good alien who helps him fight the bad aliens. In the book, Dreamcatcher, Stephen King in real life, he, re- he usually writes about either his own fears or his own traumas, and that becomes a seed of a, of an idea. Stephen King actually wrote a book, um, about his near death experience when he got hit by a car. And so in the beginning, one of the guys gets hit by a car. Right. That triggers an experience where he's, he's going into the supernatural a little bit. And then this, this guy that they befriend from when they're a kid turns out he's an angel that's that's visited them to give them spiritual gifts. And if you don't read the book, you watch a movie, the first half of the movie is rad. You know why? Because it followed the book. It's like a, a Marvel film. Marvel finally realized, or the, the studios finally realized, if we want to make a good superhero movie, we should just follow the comic book yeah. and it'll be good. And that's what they did. But anyways, on Stephen King's second half of the movie falls flat because they came in and go, we can't make a movie that has God in it. So they ruined it. It, it's a sucky film. First half is rad. Second half sucks. Mm. Same with No Country for Old Men. The whole time, all this random violence is going on. The the old retired sheriff is having this internal monologue about God. Like, this almost disproves God to me. And yet I see this beauty. And it, it it's rad, man. It's It's the postmodern mindset. Yeah. Well, Wind River... I, I loved it. So Jamie and I, we saw it. We had to go to a wedding in uh, San Diego on Saturday. That's, you know, normally it's about an hour and a half from where we live. You know, you got to go to a wedding. You should be glad that they invited you. Yeah. You and have to and it people. specifically said, don't bring your kids. So it was it was nice because the S- missus and sounds, I got away for a night. Sounds like they're really nice people. <laughs> so Sunday we're coming back and we, we just get up in the morning and we drive home, but my daughter, by the time we would have gotten home, it would have been about 1230. My daughter would be down for a nap. So my mother-in-law, who watched the kids Saturday night, was like, hey, you know what? I can you know, just keep watching the kids till 230, and you guys could go to the movies. So that's what we did. So we just you know, drove basically straight from San Diego up to the movie theater by where, where we live. And I wanted to see Wind River because I watch movies every Sunday. And that was the only movie I hadn't seen yet. Like, Jamie gets there, who never gets to watch a movie, and she's like, oh, have you seen The Hitman's Bodyguard? That looks good. I go, yeah, I saw it. She goes, have you seen uh, uh, Baby Driver? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. She goes, how about Atomic Blonde? I'm like, yeah, saw it. Sorry, (laughs) I've seen them all, right? I'm like, this is the only one I haven't seen. But it was so good. What did Jamie think? She loved it. She loved it. She goes, even the parts that were slow, they were not uninteresting. Because everything's so tied together, and the thing that like our I like, podcast very much like our podcast, except there's no slow parts. The thing that <laughs> I really like about this particular writer is he doesn't overtly tell you things; he makes you figure it out by watching people and how they interact. Mm, my wife loves that. That's yeah. like my wife's favorite thing. So it starts out with uh, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Renner? Is that how he says his name, Rainer? And and just. Just to say, I keep trying to use that argument for why I don't talk. Yeah, it's not. I want her to figure out my feelings, but that it's not like the movies. So I'm only teasing. Jeremy Renner is uh, he works for Fish and Game. He's a hunter, and his job is basically to to kill the predators that are attacking livestock. So you know, the beginning of the movie starts where he's out hunting some coyotes that are trying to. Uh, eat the, the sheep that they're, that some farmer obviously is, is raising. Um, and he gets, he gets called out to the Indian reservation and he's got to find, um, a lion, a mountain lion. And so, you know, he's, he's out there with, I believe it was his father-in-law. Yeah. Cause his father-in-law, um, is, is, you know, one of the characters, he's like, Oh, it's a mountain lion. He's like, Oh, how do you know it's a mountain lion? And he goes out there and he, Looks at the tracks and he goes, yeah, you're right. It's a mountain lion, right? It's really like cool dialogue like that. And he's like, oh, you can tell, uh, it's a, it's a mama mountain lion with, uh, her two cubs and she's teaching her cubs how to stalk. Cause he can tell by the tracks and, you know, the takedown of the, the steer and all this stuff. And so he goes out, 
he's got to go find the mountain lion. As he's going out, he comes across uh, this dead body of a girl who he recognizes, 18-year-old girl, barefoot, in the snow. You find out about three-quarters of the way through the movie. They're in the middle of Wyoming. Mm. And, um, and he recognizes the girl, which you find out later Again, <gasps> no, no spoilers. No, this isn't a spoiler because he you, gave birth to himself. <laughs> no, he finds out later. <laughs> no, no, you're gonna. I want to find this out with the movie. It's his daughter's, like one of her good friends, maybe her best friend. That's why he recognizes her. But right. his daughter has already been killed. <laughs> Stop! No spoiler. It's not a spoiler. This, oh, you already. You f- you find it out after this because again he doesn't the writer doesn't explain this stuff. Yes, yes, but now you're ruining it. For no, me. no, because I Everyone. won't ruin the very best parts. No, no, you gotta let us. You gotta let him take us on a journey. No, I am taking you on a journey. I'm getting no, to the no, no. You gotta let him take us on. a journey. I'm getting to the point of why it's such a good movie. This this is the lesson. This is the really first ten minutes Pete, of the movie. the movie with Pete. Yeah, because on a sixth sense, it's like. You know, the kid, he, he's not, he's, he's there, but Bruce Willis isn't there. No, no, don't tell me. No, no, I'm not going to tell you how that's true. <laughs> I never I did tell that. You he's dead. I never did that on Sixth Sense. No, this is like all the first 10 minutes of the movie. This is, this is, the, this is the setup, right? So I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many, how many minutes in are we now? 10 minutes. Okay. All right. Maybe, all right. maybe 45, but no more. Th- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But who's counting? I was mesmerized. <laughs> no, so um, so here's the thing. Here's where, to me, it really gets cool. And, and I guarantee you this is why Alan Hirsch really liked it. So you you discover before you know, he, he takes, like, the FBI out to where the body is and all this stuff. And he's a tracker, right? So he can tell – he's, like, telling the FBI agent, he goes – well, you can wait five days or whatever. I can just tell you what happened. I'll tell you because I can see the tracks. This is what happened. And um, so she she's there with the uh, tribal police, the chief yeah. of the tribal police. Yeah, which is uh, Graham Greene, right? Uh, From is, is that uh, Dances with the Wolves. He's very old now. Well, there's only so many Indians that are in the movies. So Jamie was like, it's always the same Indian guys. It is. It's a guy from Dances with the Wolves. Oh, it does not surprise me. Not at all. So, um, so she goes with the tribal chief to go notify the family, you know, um, and I, I think the family had maybe already, uh, uh, you know, positively ID'd the body cause they couldn't take Jeremy Renner's characters, you know, this is who it is. Cause he's not right. a relative. Right. Right. So, uh, so she's, it's a chick FBI agent. So she's there. She's telling the father, and he is as upset as you can imagine a parent would be when he's lost his child. Right. And, of course, this is all on an Indian reservation. So he's just like, you guys don't even ever come out here to help. So he he doesn't like her. She's, like, saying things that are, in her mind, totally okay, but are totally rude if you're a father who's just lost his child. Right. And um and you just see like, you know, they're they're knocking heads. Well, Jeremy shows up, he knocks on the door, and the dad goes over, opens the door, and as soon as he sees him, he just throws his arm around him and starts crying. The the Indian. Right. The father. And it it's you, you don't know at this point, so this is a spoiler, but it's not a big spoiler. You don't know that Jeremy's daughter and his daughter were friends, but that's how they knew each other because they were mm. friends. And so he knew that Jeremy had already gone through the loss oh, that wow. he had, that he is now going through. And that's why he is just breaking down and crying. And Jeremy is like giving him some of the best advice he could give to mm. someone. Mm. who's just had this this loss and goes through it. So I'm not going to get into the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is really good, but the very end, this, this is the stuff, and I was telling this to one of my assistants, Wayne. Um, I go, man, the, the end of that movie, it shows this is what a friend is supposed to be. This is what a friend is supposed to do. 
and just how he handles himself. Did it make you think of us? Uh, well, I really hope neither one of our daughters dies. So <laughs> no, it actually did not make me think oh, of us, man. But it was like, it, it's such a traumatic thing that both of these fathers went through. And like, he even had like this one great line. Um, cause the Indian has got a son and the son's been a druggie and stuff like that. And his son finally reaches back out to his dad. And, and the Indian's like, you know, it's been like a year since my son has, has called me. Because his son's going through it, right? Because his sister's dead. His son's going through it. And Jeremy's character, man, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he's like, something along the lines of, you know, you're going to have to be uh, be really patient with him because uh, the young, they don't have the experience that we have in dealing with, you know, heartache and sorrow. And it was like, it was such just like profound statement after profound statement. And at one point um, at the the very end, the father's like, you know, Hey, I, I just think I'm going to sit here for a while. You know, would you sit with me? And he goes, I got nowhere else to be. And I'm like, mm. dude, that's a freaking friend right there. Right. I'm like having images of Job go through my head yep. of, except before they all started to talk, right? but of just being a good friend and just, sitting there right yep. you got a friend who's going through it sometimes you just got to be a friend and just sit there just you know they're both literally sitting on the ground underneath the place that just sit there just sit there yep. and talk to your friend or not even talk just sit just shut up and sit are, be a friend are, are you are you trying to tell me something i'm just trying to say that i've been going through it and you haven't bothered to call my wife. You've been in Phoenix. You're going to D.C. You're in Atlanta. Why can't you just sit on the swing set with me? <laughs> <laughs> sit under the swing set. Sit under the swing set. Jo- join us today on the Church Planner Podcast. Repeat and Peyton, air some feelings. So I'm just going to say, guys, go out there and see Wind River and uh it's probably got a lot of cussing. It is rated R. And I say probably got a lot of cussing because I don't know. I'm so desensitized. <laughs> that doesn't... Yes. Go see Wind Runner, the movie that made Pete and Alan cry. Wind River, not Wind Runner. Wind Runner, River. Wind, Wind River. Dancer. I think that's the name of the uh, Indian reservation. I think that's why it's called in Wind River. Wind River. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I'm going to go see it. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I'll go see it again. Like now that I know how things end, I kind of want to go see it dude. again. Dude, let's go see it. Let's You're going to look at me, though, like halfway through and go, he gives birth to himself. (laughs) I am now. You're going to see something new and you're going to blow it. Here's the thing. No one has idea what you're talking about when you say that. Like, you have to tell the story. It was was the best. There was this rad movie with Ethan Hawke. Called Predestination. uh, Predestination. (laughs) He calls me up after he sees a movie. And he's just like shell-shocked. Because it was a genius movie. It's a major, like, it screws with your head. It's, like, it's the whole in, movie. In no way is it humanly possible what happens. <laughs> but it kind of doesn't matter. You just suspend disbelief and watch yeah. it anyway. Yeah. And Pete calls me after the movie. It involves time travel and all this. And the the character starts off as a male. No, no, but, he starts us as a female. He's a he's yeah. a hermaphrodite. It's it's one isn't, of isn't a hermaphrodite you, that's got no, both sex organs. Is that the no, right term? No, no, he gets a sex change. Or no, 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 I don't it's remember because what he it had is. he had both sex organs. That was oh, he why. did. Yeah, right. So he's time traveling, and it's one of those movies where on the time space continuum, two people can you can meet your future self, and so he meets his future self, and, and but he meets himself. When he's the in man the and his past is the woman and, and he falls in love with himself and he gives birth to himself. It's like brilliant. Come on. That's brilliant. Pete, when the when the when the shoe drops and the movie's over, Pete comes out and he calls me up and goes, I just saw this movie. And he's like, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, you gotta see this movie, but but he gives birth to himself. He's like, I'm not gonna tell you what happened. I'm not and, gonna and I tell- Go and watch a movie, and it's like someone telling you, calling you. I'm telling you, he's dead. 
but he's dead. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to explain it. Just see the movie. And you watch a movie, and like five minutes in, you're like, he's dead. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, you ruined an epic movie for me. What technically would happen, I didn't call you on the phone. It was on Facebook. And I put right before the Facebook post, spoiler alert. I started it out by saying, I'm going to tell you what happens on this. Yeah. But yeah, now every now Stephanie's really like, are they really are they really saved? They're talking oh, about we're saved. We're saved, all right. But I will say this, and we're gonna tell the the full story uh, next month. Actually, well, I shouldn't say the full story. We're gonna tell a lot of the story. But uh, been using uh, been using uh, movies to relate the gospel to people. I, I've been doing that. It yeah. started with a, a buddy of mine who's not a Christian. Um, at least he wasn't at the start <laughs> of this. And um, and he said to me in passing, he goes, yeah, you know, I really liked Superman versus Batman because of the dialogue. And I didn't even remember this part in it. But part of what Batman's you know big problem with Superman is, is he goes, look, he could annihilate all of us. He's all powerful. He can do anything he wants, and there's nothing we could do about it. And he's like, I just like that conversation of, you know, what do you do if you've got an all-powerful being, and there's literally nothing you could do to stop him? Mm. And I was like, oh, dude, that's an in to talk about God. So yep. I literally had to go back. I took it upon myself to go back and watch Superman versus Batman so I could have this conversation. And at one point in our conversations, I was like, um, I was like, well, you know, I mean, it's kind of like Superman versus Batman. Batman's like, you know, what do you do when you got an all powerful being? You could do anything he wants and we couldn't stop him. I go, we see how Superman did it. How does God do it? You know, God's all powerful being. If he wanted to do anything, nothing we could do to stop him. He's God. So what does he do? He kind of, I I don't want to say he steps back, but he kind of steps, he kind of steps back and just says, look, I'm going to lead you guys to me. If you want to accept me, you can, you can always reject me. That's so good, dude. And, and not only that, like how Paul trips out in Philippians two, where he humbles himself and allows us to kill him. Like that's, that's nuts, dude. Yeah. That is the gospel is so nuts and so not invented. By man, like never been a religion where that anyone's invented that's like this, right? You know, yeah. So I mean, you know, so I I go and I watch these movies to see how I can relate them to the it's gospel. missional <laughs> research. <laughs> that's such a lie, by the way. I go and watch movies because I like the movies. <laughs> yeah, me too. But yeah, so so uh, what happened in your life this last week? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I went to Phoenix. It was hot. It was 108 degrees there. Nice. And, uh, yeah, a lot of funny stuff happened, funny enough, like it does. And I remember thinking, I need to tell Pete about this. But, Is this the uh, Uber? What's that? Is this the Uber? Oh, well, that was cool. So I had another. Uh, dude, seriously, I should just be like an Uber passenger. I, for, yeah, I think you should. I think that should just be my ministry. So, Unlike my Uber story, you know, a couple months ago, I get in an Uber last night coming back from San Diego airport and, uh, and I'm ready. I'm like, Hey, so, uh, tell me your, tell me your life story, man. And the guy goes, well, I used to work construction and then I injured my foot playing soccer. He's a Hispanic guy. And he goes, and now I'm driving Uber until my foot heals and probably got some more surgeries and this and that. But anyways, we're chatting <clears throat> and he's been all over, man. He's been in J dubs. He's been in Mormons. Um, he doesn't really seem to understand the gospel. He has a very childlike understanding of God, but he said, but you know, I think with my injury, God's been trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. He goes, and I, you know, I'm trying to be good and you know, this and that. And, um, you know, he's saying all this stuff. And anyways, I just, started sharing with him and um it you know i it, it was just a cool conversation man that, that's all i can say and at the end um still i don't know his spiritual state before he may have been saved he just it may have been like where it said you know that they explained to apollos the way of god more accurately mm. um but it could have been that he got saved. i i don't know 
you know, but um, there was enough there to where I could totally see the guy may have been saved. He just was very poor in his understanding. Um, but, you know, he, he got the gospel and I gave him all my info. And I said, if you're up here, you need to talk to me. I have some books for you. Um, he had a pink Bible. And I, I, I said, where'd you get that Bible? And I kind of felt like I need to give him another Bible. But that was because I had a phone call with you where you had just given someone a Bible. And so that was fresh in my mind. And uh, but I I was just like, man, like I, I prayed for him. He was just weeping, dude. And it was just beautiful. You know, I, I got out of the car going, you know, if I don't ever plant another church like that right there is what it's all about. Mm. That's what it's all about. And church planning hopefully is just a place to put people that you have experiences with that. You know, uh, it's just a place to put them afterwards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, guys, we've got uh – We've got a great interview that we're going to uh, plug in right now because it, it was a really good interview, and we want you guys to uh, to hear this and and really listen to it because I think it's a phenomenal way to get your church on mission. Yeah, and that's obviously what we've been talking about the last few weeks is getting your church on mission. So with that, let's go ahead and play up that interview. Yeah. So we have. Jeff Presley from Cosley.com. Jeff, welcome to the show. And are you related to the king? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And I knew that would be the first question. I get it all the time. As a matter of fact, when I uh, married my wife, she went from being Cunningham to Presley. And I said, believe it or not, you're going to get this question the rest of your life. She doubted me until like the first week. She was like, you know what? You're right. So Long story, but yes, we are related, but not yes. close enough. Yes. Not, not close enough to get any sort of inheritance. Listen, I couldn't even get into Graceland for free. Show the driver's oh, license. No way. Show the driver's license. They don't care. They've seen plenty of Presley. So. 5% off at the gift store? <laughs> not even that. They don't care. They don't Man. care. But yes, um, so w- because my, my dad and his brothers and sisters got it so much, my, my aunt finally decided we're going to figure this out because we can't answer it. So she dug through marriage licenses and birth certificates and all that. And sure enough, there's a common father. It goes back to Andrew Jackson Presley, believe it or not. Way. Yeah. So Dude, pretty cool. You know what? That's just cool, though. You you got bragging rights. That is worth more than anything else. I mean, I'd even. I am I'd so using rather... that as a promo for the podcast. We've got hey. a relative. Listen, the... I'm going to make it even sweeter. So here's what you say. And I'm also related by marriage to Nicolas Cage and Michael Jackson. What? (laughs) At least at some point I was by marriage. Man, we need to do this, Pete. This is like when you go to the like medium and they tell you related to other people in your past life. I was at Thermopylae. I was a Spartan. (laughs) Okay. Now Um, he's really worried about the, what our show is all about. Thanks for doing that one. He is. Cosley.com is one of our sponsors. So uh, we we better get into this, therefore. We better be – we never behave. Should we behave? We we should. So, Jeff, here's the uh, the first question for you. One of the things we always like to ask people when they first come Mm -hmm. on the show is tell us your story of how you came to faith and how you got Mm -hmm. running this uh, this company that you're running. And and we'll get into what you guys do in in just a minute. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So – uh, gosh, I've been going to church all my life. Um, I grew up in the church. Very fortunate. I consider myself very fortunate. Um, mom and dad took me to church. It was one of those stories where, you know, we were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any other time something was going on at the church. So honestly, it's it's basically all I've ever known was, was church life. I was baptized at the age of seven, and my brother and I were baptized on the same day. He's four years older than I am. So really just grew up in the church. All of my, even my extended family, for the most part, my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents were all Christians. And so uh, while I say it was natural to become a Christian, uh, it was something that I remember wanting to do. It was mm-hmm. definitely was a decision. There was no pressure there. My parents were great about that. So um, since an early age, I've been um, a Christian. I've been around the church. I've been in the church. I even um, spent 10 years working in a local church here in Lexington, Kentucky. I was at Southland Christian Church for 10 years. Um, 
Prior to that, this is going to lead to how I got to Cosley, so I'll go quickly here. Loved the church, volunteered in the church, but never thought about church as a vocation. Um, so I went to undergrad, got a business degree, was doing some marketing work, and volunteered at my church. And I kept volunteering. They would give me more responsibility. And finally, I remember the day they said, Jeff, you're going to do this until we have to pay you to do it. I laughed it off. And then that's exactly what happened. Um, I went to seminary for two quick years, got a leadership degree. They created a position and hired me. I was there 10 years. Through that time, I like I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was great. But towards the end of that 10 years, I just felt... Uh, you know, a desire to go back into, as they call the marketplace. I've heard Bill Hybels kind of coined mm. that phrase a long time ago. And so my heart was just starting to open back up to the marketplace. And here at Cosley, I had a, an acquaintance who was working here and he called me and he said, Jeff, we work with churches all the time. You have a background in marketing and things of that nature. Would you ever consider coming to work for us? And I was like, funny thing. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. So that's how I ended up here. I was in, you know, marketing and business, 10 years in the local church. And then now I'm at Cosley. So um, I don't necessarily run the place by any stretch of the imagination, but that's how I ended up here. That's the long and short of it. Interesting. Interesting. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jeff. I I really, you know, if Nacho hadn't kind of set me straight there, Mm -hmm. I was going to have you sing a couple bars just to really test out that. That Pipes connection? Yeah. yeah. You do not want that. <laughs> but instead, I'm going to ask you, so so Cosley, um, mm-hmm. you guys have been a sponsor of the Church Planning Podcast. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe that, that you're something church planners are going to want. Tell me a little bit about Cosley. What do you guys do? Yeah, so what... What we're trying to do is um, create or provide a resource or a tool that makes it super simple for the people of your church to invite a friend to church. So there's really a statistic that kind of stuck in our head some time ago, and that is, I think we got this from Lifeway. They had a um, some research and a survey that said only 2% of churchgoers say that they invite a friend to church, 2%. But the other statistic is 96% of people who don't have a church home, so they go to church or would consider going to church if someone would ask them. And we said, wow, you've got 2% on one side, 96% on the other. What can we do to bring those two things together? So we have created a, a resource, a tool that allows, makes it easy for the people of your church to invite a friend. So what we do, if you guys want me to keep, I'll just jump and keep going. Yeah, yeah go here. for that. So, man. Because in one sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I just asked my friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, I just asked sure. him. So so what does Causely do that, that helps yeah. you to, to actually, like, what, what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and, and that's one of the things I, I think you guys would understand, and many people do, that people are just hesitant to ask a friend, especially mm-hmm. um, for this day and age. I think they're hesitant that maybe someone will say no, someone will think they're weird, somebody, you know, like I say, will turn them down and won't want to go. And so there's just this hesitancy to do that. So, or, or even, even that asking someone to go to church is going to be invasive. I think that's, yeah, people exactly. nowadays, they have this sense of like, you know, uh, uh, it's intruding on someone, you know, it's bringing up religion and politics, which you're not supposed to do. Everybody. That's right. So it's almost like we be. Ironically, America, one of the rudest cultures on the planet, and mm-hmm. when it comes to religion, suddenly we're very polite. Mm-hmm. Sure. Know? Yeah. Or what will that if that person does go to church with me? What what will they think when I'm they when, when they when they come? Maybe they won't like it. Maybe they'll never want to come back. But for some reason, and I'm sure there's a whole list of reasons, people are just uncomfortable. So you've got a two percent sitting there, but then you've got a ninety six percent that says, if someone would ask me, I would go. So. What we do is we partner with world-class world class organizations like Compassion International, for example. So we set up a mission project every month with someone like Compassion, and we may provide meals one month, clean water, a day of care, um, audio Bibles, something along those lines. And anytime an attendee of your church checks in on the church Facebook page, tags the church location on Instagram or leaves a Facebook review that triggers a donation to that month's mission project. Again, be it meals, water, clothing, audio Bibles, etc. So 
the church partners with us. There's a monthly fee to be a part of it, and that's what actually pays for the donation. So the person attending church doesn't cost them anything. But what happens, and this is sort of where the invitation comes in, if I were to check in at my church on Facebook, on average, 200 people that know me, 200 of my Facebook friends, will see that I was at church that morning. And if you tag them, if you say, hey, love to the service this morning, wish you were here, any of those type of things, of course, they're going to get a notification and see it. But so are, two, on average, 200 other people. So we're making it easy for the people of your church to say, hey, I'm at church this morning or this evening, or we're having a Labor Day cookout or whatever it is, and hundreds of people are going to see that. The same thing on Instagram. You know, if you tag a location, all your followers mm -hmm. see it. And then if you leave a Facebook review, of course, people see that as well. So while it's not necessarily a face-to-face -face invitation, people now consider social media word of mouth. So we've taken that and try to capitalize and say, let's use this word of mouth that will blast it out to hundreds of people where you're more willing to say, I'm at Southland this morning or I'm at Southland this evening and here's what we're up to. So real quick, we're... If you want to look at it this way, incentivizing or motivating your members, they will do one of those three actions because they want to help give back. You know, it's Matthew, you know, do unto, you know, it's helping okay. the, the person in need. They want they want to give back to someone in need. OK, so, so let me it. let me let me let me see if I got this. So sure. Sunday yeah. morning, mm -hmm. I go into church and the pastor. Tell me if this is how it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The pastor says, hey. Welcome this morning. Hey, everybody, get your phone. Mm -hmm. Check in this morning because when you do, um, this much is going to be, you know, for each person mm -hmm. that checks in, this much mm -hmm. money goes towards Compassion Project this month. Absolutely. And and one of the things, especially in the church world, we always tell the church, hey, make sure you lead with vision. And so good morning. Welcome to Southland. You know, glad you guys are here. Hey, really quick, everybody grab your smartphone. Yes, you're in church, mm -hmm. but I'm going to give you permission to grab your smartphone. You know here at Salon, we're all about giving back, helping people in need. That's what we want to do. That's who we are. This morning, or this month, you could say, we're helping provide meals for kids with Compassion International. And if you want to get involved, all you have to do is check in on Facebook. That's going to trigger a donation Whoa. of a meal to a child in need. Okay. So that is cool, man. That mm -hmm. is really cool. You've been you've been an advertiser with us and sure. that is not something that that is obvious right away. Okay. Um, that is super cool. So mm -hmm. church planners right away, one of the biggest things that church planners they want to do and mm -hmm. and this is hard. Let, let's mm -hmm. get in the mind of the church planner for a second. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. hard for them because they're thinking I'm on local mission. Mm -hmm. I want to plant my church with a hardwired DNA of global mission. Yes. Or even beyond this church, maybe even community mission. Mm -hmm. Right. But it, mm -hmm. it's so hard when you got like the guy, he's in there, he's pouring everything he's got into launching this thing or what have you. But all of a sudden now you have helped him start off from day one, hit the ground running, already thinking globally or mm -hmm already thinking bigger than my church, getting his community. Sure. That's actually, like you said, about vision. That's mm -hmm. hardwiring the DNA into yeah. it's not just about us. Yeah, that's one of the things we see with a lot of church planners is you, you, you don't have the missions committee together. You may not even have a missionary that you sponsor, but you want to jump in right away. How can we help? What can we do? So we're trying to make it very simple to say, hey, we'll set up the mission project we even give you the marketing materials. You'll get social media posts, emails, newsletters, printouts, slides for your screen every week, a countdown timer, announcement videos. We provide all that. You don't even have to have a design team. We create it all. You put a slide up and say, hey, see right here, we're helping provide meals for kids this month with compassion. Just check in on Facebook, tag us on Instagram, leave a Facebook review. We'll cover the cost of it. The church is saying that we'll cover the cost. And in the meantime, you'll be telling a couple hundred friends what we're up to here at church. Right. So, so you're broadcasting that out as outreach in a way. 
So it's kind of it's like a social media generator as well is what you're kind of saying. Absolutely. We're trying to create a turnkey social media campaign. So, yeah, we want the viral nature of social media to work for your church and let your church members be the ones driving it. You're not having to pay for Facebook ads. You're saying, you know, however many people are here who check in, let them push the social media viral nature out there about your church. So what exactly is this? Is this an app? Is this, I mean, help me understand the connection mm-hmm. between someone goes up there on stage during the announcements, mm-hmm. tells everyone to pull out their phone and do this. Cause obviously sure. you could just have them go directly to Facebook, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. there's no tracking. So what's exactly. the interface? So, um, I'll say first for the end user, for the person sitting in your, in your church, All they need to do is use their smartphone or if they had an iPad, they could, as long as they check in, that's all they have to do. For the church, we do have an app, but they don't even have to download it. When they join us, they give us permission to track their Facebook and Instagram account. And we, that's how we know how many check-ins, how many tags, how many Facebook reviews. And we put that on a dashboard. They look exactly at what we're looking at. But for the church member, all they're doing is opening up the Facebook app, hits check-in, types in the church, or you know the church pops up, and they're ready to go. So for the user, it's just like everything else. They just check in. That's it. That's all that's needed. What are all the different social media platforms that you guys are integrating with? So right now, it's Facebook and Instagram because those are two, the top two, still blowing it out of the water. And we get the best analytics from it. So we can actually show churches who's tagged you on Instagram, what the post says, and if it was their first time, and right from the dashboard, they click and go to the person's profile. We can show them likes, um, check-ins, impressions, impressions from check-ins, Facebook reviews. So we've narrowed it down to those three things because we get the best data and analytics, and you get the best reach. So that's why we're going after those three things. How long have you guys been doing this? A couple years now. Yeah, we're probably working with over 700 churches. We've been doing it for a couple of years, and it's just kind of taken off. So we're we're still loving it. I mean, my my heart's been in the local church. My partner, Drew, his father was a minister at Willow Creek. His brother's a worship leader. His sister's a church planner. So for us, it's, it's just a great way to bridge the two together. Tell, tell me, Jeff, um, can I call you Mr. Presley? You can if you want. <laughs> Tell me, has has you know what are some of the stories of people that have used it? Like, what are some of the testimonies that you've heard? Yeah, so one of my favorite, and this is this is one from a while ago, but it really sticks out. So it, it was a church plant. We work with churches of all sizes, but really, church planters is a is a heart of ours. This guy, he was in North Carolina, moved in, and it wasn't the lead church planter; it was someone on his team. They had reached out to their neighbors, their next door neighbors. Um, they would have a barbecue, a cookout, the kids playing in the backyard. They would invite the friends over. But the neighbors knew that they were with this new church plant. They were very resistant, standoffish. You know, later they found, you know, they were afraid they were going to get invited to church or something. They just didn't want anything to do with the church. True story. The couple that lived across the, st- the family, I should say, that lived across the street from these two houses was started checking into the church Mm. and the neighbors who wanted nothing to do with church saw these check-ins saw what was going on and thought hey these guys are pretty good they look they're giving back they're doing good and if they're going to church over there you know what we'll give it a try and the neighbors ended up going to church because they saw the, the family across the street checking in and what was going on. And it, they just went, okay. hey, if they're doing it, maybe we should do it. That's one of my favorites. Okay, so that was that was what I was going to ask. Because if I'm thinking, th- this is huge. One of the hugest innovations in church planning that I know of right now is when you harness unchurched people mm-hmm. into mission. Mm-hmm. And, and because my theory is that the more that people see Christianity in action or on mission – the yes. more the phenomenon in Acts happens where it says, and they grew in the esteem of the people and the Lord added to the number of those being saved daily. So, Absolutely. so the, the idea is when, when you grow in the esteem of the community, when they see you feeding the poor, when they see you doing mm-hmm. all these things, mm-hmm. 
it paves the way for the gospel. It really, it will never replace the gospel, but it opens up like, mm-hmm. like that story you just told. Mm-hmm. So that was my major question is let's say mm-hmm. I get costly and sure. you know, everything's running on your machine back at house. Mm-hmm. I post, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm checking in at refuge Long Beach, the most awesome church in the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my neighbors in Long Beach see that and, mm-hmm. uh, they, they go, Oh, okay, cool. Um, are they going to see the cause that it's going to be going to? Yes. If your church attendee member, whoever's checking in, if they mention it. So one of the things we do is we create hashtags. So we'll create one that all the churches can use, but we encourage your local church to create one as well so that you can also have your own conversation going. So it could be refuge church gives back or, you know, what, whatever you can create your own hashtag. But those hashtags will link to those conversations. But we're giving the church six to eight social media posts a month. So if I see you checked in at Refuge Church, I click on it, takes me to Refuge Church Facebook page. I go, hey, what what goes on over there? And I see, oh, man, they're providing meals or shoes or audio Bibles or whatever. That's pretty cool. And so it it, it does link me into okay. that as well. Um, but... All that has to happen is a check-in. The, the hashtag doesn't even make the donation. It's strictly just the check-in. That's what right. that's what triggers the donation. Right. So let yeah. me yeah, let me ask you a question yeah, here ahead, that I know uh, it's going to be going through a lot of, of pastors' minds right now. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, sounds like a great idea. Love the whole mm-hmm. theory of it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, giving to the cause is not free. The sure. church is clearly paying a fee. However... Mm-hmm. How much is being provided? And what I mean by that is like, no one's going to want to stand up there and be like, Hey guys, every time you check Mm -hmm. in, we're giving one penny towards a meal towards (laughs) this family over here. But at the same time, you can't be like scaling it to the point where it's like, Oh, you know what? That one thing took care of this, Mm -hmm. you know, poor little child for a whole, you know, the whole uh, $20 a month, you know? So what I'm getting at is where, how do they know and how do they communicate? to the members of their church, sure. this is what that actually translates into. So we don't over-promise, but we're not also under-promising. I don't even know if that question makes any sense. No, that makes great sense, Pete. We get that question all the time. So a um, couple of things that make people feel a whole lot better about this. Number one, any charity that we partner with, any mission partner, they have to go through a long vetting process, as you can imagine. And a couple of things that I love, they have to agree to designated funding, meaning every penny donated goes to the cause, not to salaries, marketing upgrades. It goes to the cause. And we have third-party accountability. Network for Good oversees all the transactions because reputation means everything. Now, to circle back to your, your original question there, everybody, let's use compassion. So we get together with Compassion. We say, Compassion, what's your biggest need this month? They say it's meals for kids. We go, okay, how much can you provide a meal for? Meals obviously are very affordable. So we then have to determine how many donations will pay for a meal. Usually it's probably a couple. So each check-in is worth about roughly 20 to 25 cents. Each review or check-in is worth about 20 to 25 cents. So it's really about the good that's being provided and how many check-ins will cover that. So a meal is a couple check-ins, a pair of shoes, 10 check-ins, an audio Bible, a whole lot more than that. But we can provide a week of clean water for one check-in because it's going towards a filtration system that's going to last a real long time. So it's always with the mission partner, what is the good, quantifiable, tangible good that people can associate with how much does it cost? And then we say, okay, this many check-ins will provide it. So could a church then, you know, let's use the uh, the meal as the example. Two mm-hmm. check-ins equals a meal mm-hmm. ballpark. Mm-hmm. And so they know that's what it is that month. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. assuming they, they have some sort of... All the materials say that, and okay. it's all about the church and the cause. And it will everything says two check-ins will equal a meal, for example. Right. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could have the person doing the announcement go, hey, guys, two check-ins is equal is going to equal a meal over here. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and let's let's make sure that you're going to do two check-ins this month mm-hmm. minimum. minimum. But then yeah. let's also do a special little, hey, why don't you write a check for another five bucks, whatever. Let's let's give an additional amount to this cause to really get the church, you know, on mission together and pulling mm-hmm. behind a certain 
thing. I mean, could, are they able to do that and then link up with you guys and go, hey, here's here's some extra funds mm-hmm. we want going towards sure. this? Sure. If, if somebody wanted to do that, absolutely. What what we believe and we have seen is these small, if you want to call them micro donations, these small habits of generosity, there is a, a component of feeling good about it. And so we believe and have seen when your people get in the habit of giving back and it doesn't cost them anything, when you come and ask them to put skin in the game, they're much more likely to do it. So what we encourage churches to do is if um, if let's say we're doing shoes for kids with Haiti partners, that's one of our mission partners. What if you guys for that same month did a shoe drive mm. where people brought in shoes and you donated it to the local Salvation Army? People are much more likely to jump on board. Or let's say we're doing clean water um, uh, for families. And you guys are about to take a mission trip to Mexico, and maybe you want to install a well for a church. People are much more likely to jump on board because they've experienced, we call it social joy. The social joy of every week celebrating, we provided meals, we provided shoes, we provided water. Now you're saying, come with us to Mexico. Let's do a shoe drive. Or let's write a check for Hurricane Harvey. You know, they're much more likely to jump in. That's rad. Well, man, look, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually think um, this is really good. What what kind of pricing breakdown are we looking at? Yeah, great question. So we have three packages. They're feature-based and um, your donations are included. We did a fixed expense because we learned early on churches hated variable amounts because right. they can't budget for it. So we created fixed expense. Donations are included. So we start at $99 a month. There are no contracts or commitments. As long as you want to keep going, you keep going, stop at any time. So it's 99, 139, 199. So that's, that's what we're looking at. Um, and I'm happy to talk to anybody, answer questions, you know, whatever the case might be. You can upgrade or downgrade to get more features, to get more analytics, more engagement on social media and donate more. So as you scale up, you donate more and you get more features. That's pretty cool. How can people reach out to you, Jeff, and uh, and connect mm-hmm. with you? Yeah, so my I'm just going to give you my cell phone because I call and text people all the time from my cell phone, um, 859-983-8493, or you can just email me. It's Jeff, J-E-F-F, at Cosley.com, C A U. S E L Y dot com. And that was probably the most boring part of the show, but it was necessary. So. I, I cannot <laughs> I tell really you <laughs> how difficult it was for me to say your commercial every time I get to Cosley. Cause mm-hmm. it's a well, word I've never said before in my life. Well, so <laughs> what the idea is everything goes to a great cause. And that's yeah, where no, the, it makes the, sense they, now they, after the podcast. Cosley. But, yeah. but when I tell people how to spell it, I say, write the word cause and put L-Y on the end of it. So we thought it was clever, but people can't ever spell it. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's the word cause with L-Y on the end. So it's it was clever in in when you're thinking it up, but then it's terrible for people to spell. Well, Jeff, one just of the things that – Yeah. <laughs> that's just becausely. That's right. One of the things that we always do is we have a final question that everyone uh, waits for when we do our interviews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here it is, Jeff. Okay. If you were to get into a physical fist fight with mm. Elvis, who would win? Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. If I were to get in a physical fist fight with Elvis Presley, who would win? Yeah. Honest answer, he would because he was a black belt in karate. He actually started his own, I guess you would call it dojo, his own Tennessee martial arts academy. He would win. What? Yes. He okay, was a black so that, belt. that was a good answer because that just yeah. learned something that made Elvis <laughs> even cooler. <laughs> yes. He had a black belt in karate. Had a, He started the Tennessee martial arts academy, so he would definitely take me out, no doubt about it. That's, that's how he got all of his moves. That's all I'm saying. But – but I would outrun him. So let's just say, cause you know, as he got towards the end of his life, he gained a little bit of weight and he would be in a fancy, you know, kind of jumpsuit there. So I could outrun him, but he would take me down in the fist fight. 
Yeah, but he he also was packing heat, and he was a federal <laughs> marshal, so he that's, he wouldn't mess around. He just he just unload on you and be like, "I taught that boy a lesson." Hey, that's you know that's so rad, man. Hey, Jeff, son of Elvis Presley, has been with us today. He yeah. is uh, with Cosley Cosley dot com. Mm-hmm. Jeff, it is it has actually been really cool, man. Because I I am ashamed to say that uh, after having you on for a couple months now, I feel like I want to go get this thing, and yeah. um, it's cool, man. So. Guys, Cosley.com, um, check him out. And, and, and just real quick, everyone, if you need to reach Jeff directly, you can reach him at 859-983-8493. Again, 859-983-8493. And my wife loves that I gave out my cell phone on a podcast, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, if, and- if everyone calls him on September, uh, <laughs> just joking. No, so listen, to, today's Winter today's vacation. My- Today's my birthday, but happy I know this, this probably isn't being released today. I was going to say you could just text me happy birthday, but I'm sure they'll hear this on a different day. So. Here, here if we go. If you guys want to connect with him, give him a happy belated birthday. There this, you go. This is yeah. what this is what we always say on our birthday. Could you, like, shut up and give us the money? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go. I like that. And, and you guys know this because you run the ad, but we'll offer a, a promo. We have an onboarding fee of $99 because if we could do a support coach call, we give you yeah. product for your church. We'll waive that. So anybody that wants to just jump on board, there is no onboarding fee. We'll, we'll waive that for them. Awesome. Very cool. Guys, remember, there is no contract locking you in. That's Get right. on there. Try it out. See if it just gets your people thinking broader than themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, guys, Cosley.com. This has been Peyton and Pete for a rare reunion and Jeff Presley and Arnold sign us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music